you know when you get on the scale like three times a day and you notice there's a different number on the scale every single time and it goes up and down and it's so annoying let's talk about that when should you be concerned what causes that what can you do about it let's get into it guys i'm excited for this one today all right i want to talk to you more about some health related stuff today i've gone through a lot of more life-related things, relationship-related things, but today I wanna go back to health because a lot of you are now a few weeks into your New Year's resolutions and most of those probably are somewhat centered around health. And of those that are centered around health, many are probably related to losing some excess fat. And I. I published a podcast about that a few weeks ago about losing excess fat. You can go listen to that one. That one's more of a cultural critique. But I mean, nonetheless, it's very interesting and maybe even motivating for some people. So today I want to talk about those pesky weight fluctuations that you might see throughout the day. So if you are or ever have been in some kind of weight loss journey, you've probably kind of fallen for the thing in your brain that tells you you have to weigh yourself all day long, every day, because you become obsessed with this idea of losing weight. Now, it's okay to be dedicated, but to become obsessed, of course, we know, is not the healthiest thing. And when you are getting on the scale all day long, you're going to notice something. You're going to notice that your weight fluctuates, and that might be super, super frustrating, especially if you get on the scale in the morning, you see this lower weight, maybe you're a little bit lighter than you were last week and so you get all excited and then you weigh yourself again in a few hours and you've gone up two pounds and you just feel discouraged because you're like well did i actually lose that weight what's going on and you may know by now that weight fluctuations throughout the day are totally completely normal the fittest person in the world has weight fluctuations throughout the day so it might really help you to know why that happens so there are many people and i have had clients in the past as well who come to me and they say how do i keep my weight from fluctuating through from fluctuating throughout the day so let me talk about this subject i'm going to teach you what causes those weight fluctuations how you can if you want to avoid some of those more dramatic weight fluctuations and I want to talk about is it actually a problem when your weight fluctuates and how do you know at what point that it is a problem or an indication of something more serious. So first off I'm going to start with the most obvious that you probably have put together and the first reason why your weight will fluctuate throughout the day is the fact that you're eating. You're eating, you're consuming things, you're consuming water, you're consuming food, and that water and that food has a weight to it. So naturally, you are going to gain a little bit of weight, at least what's going to show up on the scale. Now that is not how much you weigh. That is how much you weigh plus the food in your digestive system at the moment. 
That's what that is. So the weight of the food or the liquid consumed, and that can actually be quite a bit. I mean, have you ever had a paper plate that weighs next to nothing and then you put food on it and suddenly it's a little bit heavier? Or have you ever had a paper or plastic cup that weighs almost nothing and then you fill it up with water and you actually pay attention to how much heavier that cup gets? Water especially. Water and food weigh quite a bit, so this can make your weight fluctuate a lot. So there's also muscle inflammation. This one's really important for you to understand and it's something that not a lot of people know. After you intensely exercise, let's say you went and you hit the gym really hard and you've really just got your pump on, you exercised very efficiently and you left that gym with your legs or your shoulders or your arms feeling shaky and weak and you felt awesome and you know that when you get on the scale the next day you have to weigh a little bit less because you burn so many calories so then you go to bed that night you feel great you get up the next morning and you get on the scale and you weigh six ounces more or you weigh an entire pound more and you feel discouraged and you think how did that happen i must have a problem with my body i must I, I must be doing something wrong. My body cannot lose weight. I'm just one of those people. Wrong. You are a person with a very normal, very healthy, functioning body that's doing what it's supposed to do. Because after your muscles go through some intense output exercise, what happens is, of course, you know, the fibers in those muscles get torn. They are literally getting torn so that they can repair stronger and bigger, and this is how we build muscle. So if you look under a microscope at a muscle that has not been through exercise, it's going to look smooth, it's going to look normal, and then you take that same muscle after some really intense exercise, and you look at that muscle under a microscope, you're going to see a bunch of little tiny tears, and it's gonna look mangled. This is healthy and this is good for your muscle to go through every once in a while. It is how we keep building muscle, and your body is amazing. And this is actually one reason why our muscles are sore afterwards. There's a lot of myths as to why our muscles are sore. It's literally because of all of these little microscopic tears in the tissue. And what happens when your body gets injured, when there are any tears in your tissue? Well, you have blood and water rush to those parts of your body and it creates inflammation. And inflammation has a purpose. It's not there just to be annoying. Inflammation increases the fluids around those tears in your body so that it can help those tears and those injuries to heal more efficiently and to heal faster. So what happens when you drink water and more water that you drink rushes to your muscles instead of getting excreted out in the bathroom? Well, that is going to show up on the scale as water retention. And so that's why when you go hard in the gym, you might be confused as to why you actually weigh a little bit more the next day in some cases. That is why. That is not a big deal. That is healthy and normal, and that's how it works. So there's also high sodium foods that make you retain extra water. So sodium is important. Before you go to your fridge and your pantry and you start dumping everything that has any amount of sodium in it, don't do that. Sodium gets a bad rap. 
Sodium is important. It helps to regulate fluids in your body. So if you go on a no sodium diet, you might have some problems uh, with having good healthy amounts of fluid in your muscles and in your organs. Sodium is good, but sometimes we overdo the sodium especially here in America. I'm in America. We overdo the sodium like crazy. There's so much sodium added to things, especially in highly processed food. But how, how this happens though is sodium molecules bind to water molecules. So they link up, they say, hey, what's up? I'm sodium. Water goes, hey, what's up? I'm water. And they go, oh my gosh, let's be friends and let's hang out and let's just link arms. And that's what they do. So you could eat less sodium and that will probably, most likely, help you to retain less water, just to eat more healthy levels of sodium for your body type. But the research on this is mixed and we're still learning a lot about sodium. And like I said, there, we're learning more about it all the time. We have a lot of myths out there about it. But in general, we know that sodium is not bad, just don't go crazy. And most studies have found that excess sodium in your diet increases fluid retention, especially in women, but there have been a small number of very credible good studies that have found that levels of sodium intake had very little impact on fluid retention in some men's bodies with those higher levels of sodium intake. So bottom line, it depends on you. It's another, just another reason to pay more attention to your diet, pay more attention to how you feel, pay more attention to what you look like in the mirror and see how sodium affects you. And for me, I mean, I personally don't give too much mind to sodium. I make sure I don't go crazy on my sodium. And because I'm in America, when I have the chance, I do choose the food that has less sodium in it because I know I'm gonna get sodium from everything else that I eat. So I watch my sodium, but I don't go crazy. And if I have a little bit of water retention from a high sodium day, I don't worry too much about it. That's life. It's okay if I'm a tiny bit puffy that day, I will live and it will come off. It's not a big deal. So another thing that would make you retain water, which makes your weight fluctuate, again, water weighs a lot. And when you retain water, you're storing more water in your body, whether that's your organs or your muscles or both. So another thing that makes you retain water and makes your weight go up and down throughout the day is if you eat more carbs than usual. So if you go crazy on the carbs that day, then you're going to retain water. Well, why does this happen? What do carbs have to do with water? Well, first of all, this is also why you lose a lot at first on a low carb diet. When you go on a low carb diet, you're going to lose a bunch of weight at first and you get really excited and then you plateau really fast and you might get really discouraged. Well, this is good news and the bad news. You probably didn't really lose any fat in that first week or maybe you only lost a little bit. That was all water. So that's good news and bad news just depending, <laughs> depending on your goals, depending on what you got going on. The good news about that is that when you plateau, it's not because you're suddenly gonna stop losing fat, it's because you're about to kick into the fat loss. And that goes slower than water retention, but it's gonna happen. Once you've lost your water, you're gonna start losing your fat. All right, so, okay, 
back back on subject why does eating more carbs make you retain water well when we eat carbs the energy from those carbs that we do not use right away is a lot of it is stored as glycogen now each gram of a glycogen molecule has three grams of water attached to it so that's a lot of water attached to every little molecule of glycogen so that is what is stored in your body so yes more carbs that are is not used to burn energy equals more water stored in your body and that is why when you eat a bunch of carbs you will retain a lot of water some people more than others it all comes down to your body chemistry okay next one this one's kind of obvious constipation it's not a very pretty not a very fun topic but of course if you're constipated you have extra stuff in your body that is waiting to come out and that weighs something of course it does and then of course all my women all my ladies you know that at the end of a feminine cycle around your period when you're pmsing you retain some water and usually this is like in the last five days of your cycle and you know what you can retain an average of up to five pounds that is what's normal for women so if you are at the end of your cycle and you feel like you are just gaining so much weight hey good news that's probably not fat it's probably just water and water comes off easily it comes out easily and it's not as much of a detriment to your health it's just your body going through its cycles this happens because when your progesterone goes up at the end of your cycle, you know, after you ovulate for those last couple of weeks, your progesterone goes up and up and up and up. And it activates some other hormone functions, which I don't feel the need to get into right now, but you can Google it. Uh, and these hormone functions cause the kidneys to retain water and salt. And as you know, when you retain water, um, I mean, when you retain salt, you retain water. So, I mean, that it just kind of... It's a cycle. And progesterone is also the hormone responsible for your appetite going up before your period. So those coupled together probably are gonna make you gain a little bit if you're giving into that appetite. So that is why you gain a little bit of weight around your period. It's just water, it's not fat. Don't freak out, don't worry, you're fine. If you are you know, trying to lose some fat and you're trying to be more conscious about your nutrition and about your activity and then you're weight goes up a little bit don't freak out it's just water you're not failing okay so what can we do i gave you a bunch of reasons why your weight is going to fluctuate throughout the day it's going to retain water you're going to excrete water it's going to retain water you're going to excrete water you're going to consume food you're going to you know defecate the food oh i hate that word it's such a gross word okay i'm just going to say poop because poop is less gross to defecate to me you're going to poop out food all right you're going to eat it you're going to poop it out your weight's going to go up and down so what do you do well obviously most of these have to do with water retention so a lot of what you can do is reduce your water retention if you really feel the need to like i said i don't care about water retention a ton i mean i i watch my water retention because i want to feel good in my clothes but if i'm retaining a little bit one day i'm not going to freak out it's okay it's part of being human <clears throat> so of course, obvious ones, you can reduce your salt sodium intake. We already talked about that. I'm going to move on. You can also increase some 
nutrients and minerals. Like for example, you can increase your intake of magnesium and this especially will help around PMS symptoms, like probably around 200 milligrams a day. Uh, you can also naturally get more magnesium in nuts and dark chocolate, leafy vegetables, or of course supplements. Also uh, increasing your intake of vitamin B6. I think it's B6. Is it B6? Yeah, okay. B6. Vitamin B6 can also help with PMS symptoms. And you can find this in things like bananas, potatoes, walnuts, and meat. And these are more helpful for PMS water retention than in normal everyday water retention. And it also may help with some other PMS symptoms as well. So if you really struggle with that water retention around your the end of your cycle and you are a female, then maybe look into increasing magnesium or increasing your B6 and that might help you be able to still fit into your favorite genes around your time of the month, right? All right, so next, I, my guys who are listening are probably like, okay, skip, skip, skip. All right, next, potassium intake. Increase your potassium intake. Now this has tons of benefits, but I want to just focus on water retention. I can have a whole episode about potassium intake. I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm going to stay focused here. Water retention. It decreases the sodium levels in your body and it increases the output of water, aka urine production, aka more water leaving the body than being retained in the body, right? That's You can increase your potassium naturally by consuming more bananas, avocados, tomatoes. Of course, there's supplementation. And by the way, if you have any health concerns that you... Are kind that are kind of in the back of your head and you're not sure about increasing the intake of any of these nutrients or taking supplements of course duh, talk to your doctor I'm you know I'm not a medical professional I'm just a research obsessed health obsessed uh, public health educator who's a certified personal trainer blah 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 you've heard it all from me so again going back to what you can do okay Take some things, consume some things that are natural diuretics. Now, don't go too crazy on the diuretics because if you go too crazy, uh, rumor has it, this can actually dehydrate you. I don't know. There's, there's still a lot of research. This one's kind of up in the air. A lot of people for a long time thought that caffeine was a, dehyd a dehydrator, but now a lot of professionals are coming out saying that caffeine, you know, drinks with caffeine in them actually count towards your hydration. So... You, you're smart, do your research, listen to your body, but taking natural diuretics, for example, of course, caffeine, or another one actually is dandelion leaf extract, which you can find in some herbal teas and stuff. That is also a natural diuretic, and this will take the fluids out of your muscles and out of other parts of your body that are not necessarily being needed right now it's just kind of hanging out in your body and adding extra weight on the scale adding some puffiness to you and it will help your body get rid of those extra fluids that is where diuretics are helpful you can also of course uh, avoid refined highly processed carbs we talked about that how carbs uh, turn into glycogen which binds to water so of course I always am a huge uh, advocate of you know, reducing refined carbs in your diet. 
Carbs have had a bad rap and then they've had a great rap and then they've had a bad rap again. I mean, I've been pretty open about the fact that I eat a very low carb diet, but I also am very educated in this whole vicinity and I do a very healthy version of a low carb diet. You can also do a, a really unhealthy version of a low carb diet. So I have experienced the benefits of having a low carb diet. I mean, I, I'm trying out keto right now and right now I'm in a ketosis and I could have a whole nother podcast about that. And I'm not saying you have to do keto, but watch those refined carbs. If you're going to eat carbs, watch the refined carbs. Those are the worst ones for you. They're going to make you retain water and do all sorts of other things. Okay. So I've talked all about things that you could consume or consume less of when it comes to water retention. But guess what? Just movement, moving around, exercising, that is also going to help your body to sweat, to move everything through better, and it will help you to retain less water. Movement fixes like everything. Almost every problem you have, for the most part, movement's gonna fix it. So go for a walk, exercise 30 minutes a day, whatever it is, you know, briskly clean your house, dance around the house with your kids, I don't care, move, that's gonna help you. And of course, this might seem counterintuitive, but consuming more water is actually going to help your body flush that water through. Because why? It gets your systems moving. Water gets everything moving and working better. And when everything is working better, it's going to take that excess fluid in your body and get rid of it better. So more water actually helps your body get rid of excess water. And it's probably one of the most effective things in this list. I could have put it first. I probably should have put it first, but here it is. More water. Okay, so that's to do with, you know, of course, all of the fluid retention. You've also got the muscle inflammation. Help the muscles heal more quickly if you've got that and it's help. it's, you know, you're retaining a lot of water. You don't want to stop retaining water in your muscles as they're repairing. That's not what you wanna do. You wanna let those muscles have some of that extra water to help them heal. So what do you do? You help them heal quicker. Help, help that healing along instead of trying to take out water and make the healing take longer. Then you're not going, I mean, that's common sense. That's not a good idea. So how you can help your muscles here quick, heal quicker, you can foam roll, you can stretch, you can get good sleep, you can consume some extra protein, all of that stuff, right? And if you are a gym rat or bunny or whatever of any kind, you probably know that stuff. So... Another thing you can do, of course, addressing the constipation issue, which will, of course, make the number on the scale go up. You can eat more fibrous foods, of course, we know this, but if you have some chronic constipation and it really is a problem that you are concerned about, please talk to your doctor. Please talk to your doctor. Um, and of course, you know, there are over-the-counter things you can do to try to help you, but Keep in mind that, of course, that is going to make the weight on the scale go up, and that is not your body, that is something in your body, that is not fat, and it should not be treated as fat. That's a different problem. Okay, now, if you must watch the scale, if you must sit and watch the scale 
all day long and torture yourself like that. Then take an average weight over the week into account instead of your exact weight every single time you get on the scale and watch your average weight go down over time. You know, as things go up and down on a daily basis and even an hourly basis throughout the day, you're gonna drive yourself insane. So look for patterns over time. Maybe only weigh yourself twice a month. I would highly recommend that. Just weigh yourself twice a month or once a month and don't become so obsessed with the scale because your weight does not tell the whole entire story. But it is a helpful number to see if you are trying to lose a lot of fat. I get it, that's okay. I mean, you don't have to throw away the scale. I know there's a whole throw away the scale movement. Just enhance and make more healthy your relationship with the scale in terms of not letting it control your mental health. Just don't get obsessed with it, right? Now, I weigh myself often. I really do. I weigh myself sometimes a couple times a day, sometimes once a week, sometimes I won't, I won't weigh myself for a month or two. But I have a healthy relationship with the scale and sometimes I just think it's fascinating to see what's going on with my body. Sometimes if I feel like I'm retaining a lot of water, I'll hop on the scale and I'll be like, oh yeah, it looks like I am retaining a lot of water. For me, it it's just kind of data about what's going on in my body a little bit. It's not very accurate data, but you know, I, I like I said, I have a healthy relationship with the scale, so it's not a huge deal to me. And for me, I actually use the scale just as more data to help track my fertility cycle. So yeah, just get a better, more healthy relationship with the scale. Understand that your weight goes up and down. There are so many reasons why it can go up and down. Sometimes those reasons might be useful for you to see on the scale. Sometimes they might not, honestly. The scale isn't a huge deal. It's okay to use it as information over time, but all day, every day, dude, you are just going to drive yourself crazy. <laughs> but I hope that there was some useful information in this episode today, and I really love you guys, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave me a review on whatever platform you're listening to if that is an available function. I would love to hear how you're doing. I would love how, uh, to hear how you think I'm doing, and I want to hear more about what you want me to talk about. All right. I love you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye.